do 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 da 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 do 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 It's December 10th, 2020. Happy Hanukkah to those of you who celebrate the season. I hope it brings you lots of joy and peace. It's also Friday, and I'm back with episode 17 of The Art of Performers. Thank you for sticking with me these past 21 weeks, especially during the three weeks where there have been no podcasts. Your patience with me helps me be patient with myself, as strange as that may sound. I talk a lot about self-care as an artist and as a human, but often I find that I don't hold myself to that standard, meaning I can be pretty bad at taking my own advice. I think we all can sometimes. But this year I've learned to try to listen harder to the words I say to others and apply them to me too. I have a few life mantras that I've collected along the way. You can't pour from an empty cup. You guys hear that one a lot on this podcast. And some of my guests have repeated that very phrase back to me. Prepare for the worst, expect the best. Something I've told myself and others throughout the years, which basically means be ready for the worst outcome, but put out positive energy and expectations. Some people call it manifesting, others call it the law of attraction, Whatever you call it, it's basically putting the good vibes out and allowing them to return to you. I sometimes say, do something on purpose to make things better, which is a phrase used by an instructor I had in high school. A lot of us still say it, and it's powerful stuff. It basically means you have the power to make positive changes happen for yourself, even in the worst situations. That one is along the same lines as the advice we often hear from Karamo Brown, when he says, make yourself 1% better each day. I love Karamo, and he's super great at helping people set attainable goals while learning to love themselves. He would actually be fantastic on this podcast. I should put that out into the universe. We carry the words other people give to us throughout our lives, whether it's good or bad. As performers, we have to learn from both, but try not to hold on to the rejection. Although there is always a lesson to be learned there. In fact, often we remember the harsher words more easily than words of praise. A little story to illustrate that point. Once, in a gorgeous lounge over a glass of wine, Warren Carlyle told me I'd never get hired with my last name. From that story, you may have a couple of questions, so I'll answer them really quickly. If you don't know who Warren Carlyle is and why his advice was so important to me, he is a Tony Award-winning director-choreographer and the man behind an enormously successful body of work, including practically everything Hugh Jackman has ever touched. So yeah, he knows what he's talking about. If you're wondering what was so wrong with my name that he told me I'd never get hired, it's simple. There was nothing wrong with my name, but it brought a possibly negative connotation. Now you may be wondering what my last name was. (laughs) It's Hext, and while that is a cool name, and incidentally allowed me to be the only person in the world named Madison Hext, it also may sound like Hex, which is another word for curse. So yes, a very influential and successful person in my dream field told me I needed to change my name in order to be hired. Is that negative? Maybe but I remember it better as the night I got some great advice and he even helped me decide on my stage name, which I think really suits me. 
The part that I forget from that night was when he went on to tell me I was going to end up on Broadway. You'd think that's what comes to mind first, but like I said, we remember the rejection. That's human. When you think back on memories through your life, it's easy to remember the embarrassing moments or the times that you were shot down, but it's important to remember the good. That's why we make art. We weave stories, paint pictures, write songs and poems, all of this to capture a moment of goodness, of kindness, of love. Even in darker works of art, we always include the hope, the light. We create bodies of work to share those emotions with others and to remember. Our first loves, our first big roles, even our first times performing for an audience. We want to remember that forever. And art allows us to immortalize the people we love who we want to remember forever. Loved ones don't physically stay with us forever, but as long as we have art, they are with us. But we still grieve the loss. And that's why there was no art of performers last week. I was lucky enough to have someone in my life who connected me to art early on, both through visual art and performance. He was a well-known folk artist. He taught me to paint when I was a little girl, and the balcony of the cabin he built in the mountains was my first stage. He taught me about poetry and storytelling, and my first acting role was playing Heidi in the Alps as I visited my grandfather. His home was the subject of many poems that I wrote, and like Warren, he gave me an important name, Maddie Cat, which I think really suits me. I am thankful for the time we had together, and recently inherited several of his favorite paintings, the work that he never sold but kept for himself, along with the books of poetry we used to read together. I miss him, and I'm sad, but I have art, and as long as I have that, I have him with me. This has been a hell of a year, and many of us are experiencing grief or loss in some form or another, whether it's loved ones, normalcy, traditions, careers. But that's why art and performance are so important, so truly healing, so magical. Art immortalizes those times we love so much, and it's going to come back. Next week, I have a fantastic guest coming your way, and a little extra art to share, some music. I appreciate all of you who've joined me on this journey. We have much more ahead of us. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next Friday. Mm-hmm.